0: it. So I had I had a moment in um, for like Infinity. Start War. again because I did that. Okay. I had a moment in mind for Infinity War because like um, uh, there's a character in this in this cinematic universe. Your bloody laptop. <laughs> keep doing that i'm gonna mute mine just in case it does that start again um there's a there's a character in uh... <coughs> sorry i hope you keep running all this sorry, i'm Keith. just me progressing to get annoyed sorry, as Keith. i try to naturally start a forced
1: <laughs> sorry can you start again no worries okay i promise i'm listening this time going to sound weird if it starts though and I'm just like you're trying to say something I'm just like (laughs) (laughs) Um, what are you saying?
0: well there's a a moment I was thinking for Infinity War and uh, it's it's to do with a character who's been quite screwed over in the grand scheme of it even though they're popular and it was this idea that Thanos is like defeating four. Mm -hmm. he smacks four down Mm -hmm. and Thanos is going backhands him Maybe backhands him. Okay. Why not? Why not? Thanos seems to be Yeah, I mean, because
1: well, the way you're talking about it, like even though he's this big powerful guy with like lasers <laughs> and stuff, he's just like fucking BAM! Like Ooh,
0: down Thor goes. falls down. And um, he's like, he's like monologuing, ah, ah, ah all this stuff um, about whatever Thanos is talking about, how he's going to destroy them all and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and out of nowhere, smack in the face with the hammer. Who's holding it? Black Widow. Be an awesome moment, and then it
1: turns out Black Widow is worthy.
0: Well, like it, the hammer, there's precedent for it because in the comic she's worthy. Yeah, uh, I well, like this is sourced from someone else. I, I, I don't, I don't read enough of the Marvel comics to have known that myself. But in the comic, she um, lifts the hammer up, and that's why in Age of Ultron she chooses not to. Well, it's not why she chooses not to, but it's why the the filmmakers choose not to to keep mm-hmm. that anonymous, whether she is. Like Black Widow Have has... they been
1: actively keeping it anonymous? I just thought it was like...
0: Well, I mean, she's the only one who doesn't try. Maybe you could joke. Ah, oh, she doesn't need that testosterone sort of reaction. But like, it's can't be a coincidence that the only person who didn't try is one of the few people who can who can actually lift up the hammer. Yeah, and she's a screwed over character because like she doesn't get her own movie. She barely gets her own action figures. She's quite a consistent throughout. She's been in loads of films. She's like almost an iconic character for one of the iconic characters who doesn't have their own movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of representative also just like even in general how screwed over like the female characters have been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know, uh, I know that they're like they're going to make Captain Marvel and he's going to be a woman and stuff and that would be cool. Be cool for this character of Black Widow. Who is basically no superpowers, no real reason to be there, hasn't had her own movie, has barely had her own action figures, if she has them at the moment, to find out she's worthy, pick up the hammer and slam Thanos in the face with it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, she be is really getting co- her own movie now though. Yeah. yeah apparently do you not so. think it like I think do you not think that just a Black Widow and a Hawkeye movie, they're a bit redundant because it's just they'll just be spy movies?
0: Yeah, and it's like. Um, I don't know I think a Black Widow movie
1: would be cool. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. No, I, I hope when she hits Thanos with the hammer, Thanos is like laying into Thor, like Muhammad Ali style, and then she's like, mm. "Stop!" And then he turns around and she's like, "Have time!" And then it's like, oh <laughs> <"Daw>, fucking bosh!" <laughs> Thanos goes flying. I, Everyone, the cinemas going wild. They're like,
0: oh, I like the idea that free 4 movies, they wait till Black Widow gets the hammer to make an MC to make hammer. Make an empty hammer. <laughs> <job>. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just thought it'd be a cool. It'd be cool, f- like just for Black Widow. It'd be a cool moment for Black Widow, and it'd be cool for her with no superpowers to slam Thanos in the face with a hammer.
1: Yeah, it, I'm excited to see Thanos do anything.
0: Anything. <laughs> anything. Um, but I mean,
1: ah, you know, he's like the big bad in the background.
0: He's the big bad in the background who doesn't do anything.
1: The B B B is the BBB?
0: He brings his own big
1: beer. bad in the background. He brings. <laughs> That's P Y O B. I know. <laughs> Bring your own
0: Thanos. <laughs> Bring your own big bad in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> Talking of Thanos, he's in the film Guardians of the Galaxy. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yes, he is. How was that there? It was nice. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's going to be some like fisticuffs. Some some punches flying maybe by the end in this of this one because you're weird and don't like this movie and I don't understand it and that's why we're going to talk about it.
0: Well, I'll start us off.
1: Well. You just want to dump right into it. What's
0: like? up, people of people, and welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast with your host Danny Jones and the man with several haircuts, Scott Morrison.
1: You know what? I, you get top billing in this wee introduction, but uh, it's my flat. <laughs> It was my TV and my coffee of Guardians of the Galaxy that we watched.
0: Um, you know. I don't I don't necessarily mind to not getting top <laughs> I just don't know how I would naturally introduce the show with me, What's last. That me that's I'll try what, We're live on this podcast right now, I'll try doing it the other okay, way try around. Re- yeah. Okay. Well you're not gonna edit this out, this will be included.
1: No,
0: no. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast with Scott Morrison. That's
1: me, I'm Scott Morrison. And
0: Danny Jones. Well done.
1: Welcome, Danny Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my humble abode.
0: It's very, very humble. High how, ceiling. How are you? Uh, I, I, I'm not too bad. Good. <laughs> yeah. It's nice and are you? yeah,
1: I'm good. I'm feeling we just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I've seen it a bunch of times and I was like slouched down on the sofa and like the sun was shining in. I was drinking a beer. Because it's you know it's the afternoon whatever I could I'm a grown the, man I can, I can do see. what I want it's my day off and, it's the afternoon know, of a day of the month I just not? started not because it's a bad film but I just started like drifting off a wee bit and now we've got to spend like an hour talking about a film which is gonna be I feel like i I feel like because I'm quite tired anything you say that annoys me I'm just gonna get really like antsy <laughs> really just like shut the fuck up Daddy.
0: oh we should maybe get mics on our seats so that people can tell when we're standing up we're yeah, facing yeah, yeah, right yeah. in each other's face.
1: We should have hired some a third person to commentate, to commentate. on the moments when we do stuff. <laughs> like it could be like Mori Like is it is Morrie the one where they have the they ding the bell and people start fighting? Uh, is that Morrie? No. But the? Maybe that's that. It's one of the American like talk shows where it's like the American Jeremy Kyle, but with this Jerry one... Jerry Springer. Jerry is it Jerry Springer? He's but with like this the... one, it's like. People will be sitting, they'll, they'll be fighting, and like, oh, it's crazy. And then they'll start to calm down, and everyone's calming. Everyone's getting calm. And then they'll start talking, they'll start talking about the problems. And then someone off-screen off, off screen will just be like, ding-ding! And then they'll both just start going for it again. I'm like, what is this achieving? <laughs> this is awful.
0: Um, I guess it's just a testament to how much bigger America is than Britain. Because you can't imagine that America, as a Western civilization like ours, is, like, crazier even mm-hmm. though I guess they are more of a mix and pot of like cultures from um, historically. But it must be so big that like someone like Jerry Springer, whatever his name is, he can just find the craziest people who are willing to fight each other. Yeah. At a moment's notice. Yeah. Yeah. There's just
1: a lot of better people. <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump's doing well. Yeah. That's a testament He's a mental to... man.
0: I mean, there must be people vo- um, willing to vote for him. They're, they're mental. But you
1: know what? This isn't a political show, despite the fact that we're recording on the day of the EU referendum. <laughs> yep. This isn't a political show. Uh... we we'll Remain, everyone. But you won't hear this before today, so it <laughs> doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the result will already be out. The result's
1: all known the speed that we get these out, the results are probably... People like, are over it. People have already
0: built their apocalyptic shelter. There's yeah. like, Donald Trump's already in and the uh, we've already left the EU.
1: Then on Facebook it's like, hey guys, don't forget to listen to the new second opinion. It's
0: like, there are wolves trying to eat my face! <laughs>
1: remember, remember Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone? Remember when TV was a thing?
0: Remember food!
1: <laughs> listen to this while you heat up your can of dog food. <laughs>
0: out by throwing it at something. Oh,
1: Guardians of the Galaxy, let's do this shit. Yeah. Where, where do you where do you want to start? Have you have you got some kind of like structure?
0: I so I have vague structure. I don't mind where we start. We can um, start on plot. Well, like bef- no, you know Let, what? Let's before, summarize it
1: before we start. Do you want to summarize the film?
0: Yeah, I can summarize the film. Okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy follows uh, Peter Quill, um self proclaimed Star Lord, as he is abducted from Earth as a child. Taken to the space, and <laughs> he sort of <laughs> he taken talking? to the space. Taken space, um, and he sort of tries to get a. He tries to get a, a magic stone. Uh, every everybody wants the magic stone, including the guy who like really wants the magic stone. <laughs> And he wants the magic stone so he can throw it on the ground, like a, and, and then it becomes basically it becomes a game of American football with the main guy trying to get a touchdown.
1: <laughs> it's a good analogy. Thank you. Okay, that was the worst plot description <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. You know what? We're sticking with it. It's fine. You, before we started, I was like, give me just the broad stroke of like why you don't like the film. To which you responded. And I'm pointing at you. Yeah, listeners can't see this, but I'm pointing. The third person like, commentator. Take it say.
0: away, Danny. I um, I was. I to be honest, when you say I don't like this film, it's kind of like it's kind of misleading. I think it's a good film. I think it's a disappointing film, and it was. <gasps>
1: that's not. That's like your fucking parents when they're like, <laughs> "I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed." Like, <laughs> that's, just I
0: I'm not mad. at a Film. I'm disappointed. Um, yeah, I think that this film had the promise to be something. Original and interesting no, not an original in the sense that it's based on no property but original as in something different something bizarre and um, it didn't live up to that promise and I think that's a shame because I feel like what what was behind it was a lot of stuff that would suggest that that's what they were going for Um, but like in the end it had characters that were just archetypes that we'd kind of seen before we had a plot that was basically every other marvel plot ever um it was so made basically a ripoff of serenity in the new star trek and it ended up just being sort of just just a just a sort of a best hits of the recent blockbusters that did well
1: yeah i feel like the only thing that i can even re- like i can agree with you on is that it follows this the similar structure to all the marvel films everything else i think you're entitled to your opinion, <laughs>
0: even if it's wrong. Um. Well, like, uh, well, why don't we start and dive in? Uh, okay. Where do you want to plot or ca- um, characters? Well, should we go? Yeah, I mean,
1: sure. Let's go plot. Like, why not? Let's fucking. <laughs> After that, I mean, that incredible. You know, I'm surprised your synopsis isn't on the back of it of the DVD. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they have tried to hire me. <laughs> um. Well, I like, the uh we the plot. Okay, so we're going through um we are um start off with quite a, an emotional scene and i will admit this is a very emotional start mm-hmm. um where his uh peter quill's um is dying of cancer and he's as a little kid is going to see his mum, and that is a very uh i don't i like i feel like that's me defending it but like that is a very emotional start which is kind of a shame that it's a plot point that's not really utilized much um i feel like it's not it does come up briefly But to be honest, when it comes up in the end for the climax, it kind of it's almost like I've completely forgotten about it, which is such a shame because it's such a brilliant and like it's such an impactful opening scene. Uh, This child that's so traumatized and then it cuts to him being like a a child adult, which I know is the point of the character. And then briefly, some sometimes decides to make ever so vague mentions of this thing. And then at the end, it's like, oh, by the way, this character has depth. Remember, remember how this character has depth. And it's such a shame that it, like they don't bring come back to it much. And I know that this isn't necessarily the film for like huge character depth, but they had such a great start. It was such an impactful start that I was like, it. I thought it was a shame that they didn't utilize it.
1: I see. I, I think they do utilize it, but I think that I mean the point of the opening scene, surely, other than like to establish that plot point, is to give because you're about to watch a film with lots of aliens and weird people and magic stones it's important to have a character with a relatable problem that you can connect to and like the death of a loved one is something that every every person can connect to and so it's like regardless of how much crazy shit with their weird alien problems people are having and up in the space you can always kind of connect to that human element of peter quill
0: I feel like they they don't utilize that human element because when he's the kid, yeah, he's the but same. But would you? I mean, but
1: then, like, would you rather that it was just brought up in every? No, like, in every, every scene. other scene, like, no. I just, because I mean, that's another. But then, that's the thing about death as well is that like people, like people, don't talk about it. Like, like people do talk, but like, you know, like it, suffering from a loss like that and stuff. Like people aren't always just open about it all mm. the time and stuff. But I think that that death kind of like almost influences a lot of like his actions and stuff throughout the film because he's trying to be a better person and he's trying to be a as much of a kind of dick as he is which he admits it's like he's trying to be a good person and do good things and like I think that's influenced from I don't know what
0: I'm saying. I can can see what you're saying. Like, it is influenced. It's just a shame for such a powerful scene that by the time you get to the end, you've completely forgotten about it.
1: But I didn't. No? No.
0: I see. I feel feel like I did. Especially, like, when he brings out the second present. It's like, oh, yeah, fucking hell. That's right from the beginning. But they do remind you of that. Briefly. Briefly. It's kind of a strange sort of. It almost but again. I
1: just th- I just don't think it would work for his character if he was fucking just going about talking about how his mum died all the time. No,
0: right? not all the time. But it almost feel it makes it feel shoehorned in, like the subplot It's like um, because may, pro- probably. But I'm not even
1: sure it's meant to be a like a subplot though. <laughs> mm. Like
0: I, I really don't. I think it's. I feel like him dealing with it is. Eh. I feel like him dealing with it's meant to be a subplot. And it's kind of bookended the film in a bizarre way. That's almost not quite connected because it's like, ah, this is the beginning. This is the trauma he goes through, and then he goes through the trauma of being abducted, and then you skip that. Like you skip that trauma uh, of being abducted. You sort of bury the trauma of his mother, and you go into this character. You joke, you joke, you joke, and that's um, the the film's supposed to be more comical. Um, but then you come back to it at the end and it's just kind of, I I found when I first watched it, it was just kind of jarring. It's like coming back to this emotional center.
1: But do you not think there's an element of like, he's found a new family in the, the, in the Guardians and the four other characters. And so now he's able to kind of move on from that loss. Yeah.
0: But I don't feel like, I feel like, yeah, it's bookended like that. Well, it's like, he's got a new family, but I don't feel like he, um, he sort of uh um you ever feel this need he, he's looking for a family I don't feel like there's sort of this like that the guardians like the rest of the guardians were anything he needed or wanted it it just feels like he's um he has this uh tragic background that he doesn't really think about and he doesn't really think about it till the end and then then at the end it, it just feels like yeah it just feels a bit shoehorned in it feels like it's this is the almost a we wanted to make this film have some sort of depth, which is really admirable because it would be cool to have the combination of comical and depth, like uh, not even necessary big depth, not like Oscar winning depth or anything like that, but even some sort of um, uh, character um, emotion that you could, um, that you kept you connecting. So that not only did you like this character because he was funny, but you cared about this character because they, because they go through real human emotions and the emotions I understand there's like it buried maybe he's trying to forget about his mum and stuff but you don't ever feel like that that's a struggle to forget about his mum but do you
1: really think everything needs to be like fucking Batman it's or not necessarily about it all the time? it's but?
0: not necessarily that any everything needs to be Batman uh, level but I feel like um, it's especially for these sort of films like um, it, you don't have to do it um, but it, it's always good to have some sort of um, emotional investment in the character because then at the end in the climax you, you care more and you don't have to do it but like the film's trying to do it and don't think it worked for it
1: I think you're wrong
0: that's fair <laughs> but, enough
1: <laughs> like there's not I mean yeah I've made my case
0: yeah and that's just what I thought I felt like it just, it just felt a bit strangely put in and it, like for what they were trying to do I don't think it worked maybe they didn't have to do it I can see that point but like, what? No, but I'm not they...
1: saying they. I'm I'm saying they they should have done it, and I think it was done well. And like, I don't think that they need to keep coming back to it constantly uh, yeah. throughout the film. I like it as kind of this sort of subtle thing in the background that that character is dealing with, and it's like even though he's he seems just like the crazy crazy cookie fun guy with all the one liners, like he's 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 dealing with like a lot of emotion that he hasn't quite been able to process, which I think is symbolized by the by the fact that he hasn't opened the fall, the, not the fall, the present. And mm. then at the end when he, because like, like I said, he's found a new family and so he's able to kind of feel comfort in them and move on at the end. And
0: I don't think, as I, say, I, don't think I need to be reminded every other scene or anything. It's just, it felt like I, I, I lost that. I lost that um, that was any sort of struggle for him. And it probably doesn't help that it goes um, from kid to adult really quickly after that. So like you, it's, it's almost, it's almost a bit uh, of a leap to remember that that, that chris pratt is the child from the beginning um but like it's kind of a, it just seems to disappear and although it'd be cool it would be cool if you as you say they did it subtly but i just don't feel like they do it at all until fair. like the end that's fair enough um
1: so that last that was 10 minutes that was opening <laughs> scene was
0: <laughs> um so then he gets abducted for twenty six years, which is a bizarre jump. I don't begrudge the film for that. It is a very bizarre, like twenty six. Like he gets abducted and then twenty six years later. Well, because he's
1: an adult. then it's also you, you, you just you integrate him. He's integrated right. into that world now.
0: Honestly, say I don't begrudge the film for it, but it is a very bizarre jump. It, like I remember from last year, we talked about Fantastic Four jumping a year in what seemed to be like a, a critical part. Like, really? but
1: yeah, that's the critical part. But I think watching a film where Chris. Well, where the p- character of Peter Quill is growing up under the Reavers is like that's a different film altogether, Aye. and that's not the film that they're telling. So, Aye. whereas Fantastic Four, that literally <laughs> they jumped over the second act. They jumped over the pivotal part of that film, which is the 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 making and the like training and the relationship between the Fantastic Four. They just jump over it, and it's nonsense. <laughs> But we're not talking about Fantastic Four. We're not talking about Fantastic Four. Sadly,
0: check that episode out <laughs> if you like racists. If stuff. you like
1: the hiss of a
0: Canon for a 600D. <laughs> two two guys a bit too close to each other sharing <laughs> the same mic. Um. Well, the other thing I've got um, uh, is that um, it very much early on introduces the bad guy, um, in sort of a a scene where he's um. Trying to retrieve the uh, stone that he finds that Chris Pratt has already got. A Chris Mm -hmm. Pratt Peter Quill. Um, So talk about the bad guy, who is um, basically a Marvel bad guy. Well, this
1: well this is the thing is like yeah okay he's a Marvel bad guy, and you can complain about that, but that's the thing. It's like it's the Marvel bad guy. Like other than Loki, nobody cares ever they're not very, yeah they're not particularly interesting and i don't think like i think that's just a problem that those all those films suffer from uh, but i don't think you need to target no, this no. Film guardians guardians
0: isn't the only guilty one of it it's only because like um bringing it up here because we we're talking about it but like guardians uh isn't guilty for it but like i know that that's a problem with marvel as a general but i believe that to be also a problem of the filmmakers as individuals who um they'll put really any emphasis on the bad guys which is a shame because we know from like like The Dark Knight, the bad guy can be the thing that really excels the film. It can make it above something that's just a...
1: But then in a film where you already have five larger than life characters hmm. do you want to clutter it up with like... because it's also got like a huge amount of villains in it as well so do you really want to... I don't know I just feel like the focus should be more on those five main characters. And I think then also having a larger than life villain it just becomes too much.
0: I think that the problem with think um taking the emphasis off the villain because um because uh because you want to focus on the characters is then what are you getting the characters to do. I mean you're getting the characters to stop the villain, but if the villain isn't interesting then your audience like I for, for example was like I don't really care about cutting back to the villain. I'd re- like you'd rather spend time with these five characters.
1: I think that maybe I just see the film because I the why the, the 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 best part of the film for me is the interactions between those five characters because some of them are so different, and it's them kind of over, trying to overcome their differences to unite together to fight this one thing, and I kind of like that the focus is on that, and I don't think that. There needs to be a huge amount of focus on the villain because I think them overcoming like their differences and each other is more interesting than just like another movie where we gotta kill the bad guy again. Hmm. And granted, like that is inevitably what they're doing, like what they're uniting to do, but I think all the best scenes from the film come from just their interactions with one another.
0: Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. I um I think that it would it would help for them to have a good bad guy to fight as well. Yeah. I don't think. But I
1: mean, it's that thing of like, I mean, red, like Red Skull's not a particularly great villain in that film. No, still really like Captain America. Like the the villain in Ant Man's not particularly interesting. Still really like Ant Man. Like it's something Marvel always suffers from. I, I think to just kind of like target this. It's film it's
0: not specifically Targeting Guardians of the Galaxy. You're just right. because you
1: thought that it no. was going to be something. Because yeah, this, like, this, uh, this isn't this
0: isn't um, my um, only problem with Guardians of the Galaxy. Obviously, there's like. Uh, loads of other things that i find disappoint um like it's um that, that it's not for um for me and it is just one of the things it's just a byproduct of the company they seem to be working for that the marvel villains aren't as um which i think it's a shame because it stops most of the marvel films from being um like fi- um good films beyond the superhero genre if that mm-hmm. makes sense because there are like there are some good uh marvel films but quite a lot of them Really work better as part of the Marvel franchise, and not many of them stand well on their own. As this is a good film that would hold the test of time. Um, the thing of the product as a whole is almost like it could be a, a historical landmark of this is something that they the, the first achievement of trying to cre- create this big um, connected cinematic universe. But like um, the films on their own uh, mostly don't hold up. Um, and it's a shame because i feel like it's it's the idea of um a decent villain that stops them like it stops all the, uh, most of these films from becoming interesting and that's kind of because guardians of the galaxy almost has this sort of one of the best marvel films and to be yeah like it, it it's very much up there um in terms of the the marvel films it's just a shame that in something like guardians of galaxy if it had like it could have just excelled that a little bit more if it had a decent villain and even something like captain america the first avenger which is uh, it's a a good film it's a a cool cool film it's easy to watch it's um um it's cool but if it had a better villain you could excel to almost a perfectly well-rounded film that stands up on its own
1: but i think guardians does stand well on its own i know tons of people who Like, I have a friend who never watches the Marvel movies, never watches sci-fi movies. She saw it in the cinema three times. It's like... I think it works perfectly fine on its own. I think it's one of the... I mean, especially with the Avengers films now, where they're all tied into one one another. I think you can just sit and watch Guardians on its own without... I showed it to my mum, who has never seen another Marvel movie in her life. She loved it. Mm. Like...
0: I guess Guardians of the Galaxy does have that accessibility by, by not being too connected mm. to the rest of them. It's kind of vaguely connected, and its connections are very um, much it's just for the, the fans. Stones, really. Yeah, it's yeah. just for the it's for the fans who are looking for the connections, mm. um, which is a, a positive in its side, which I suppose helps it um, boost. Um, um, but like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it just doesn't doesn't quite excel in the way it wants to, and I think it's such a shame because I don't think it's too far off. And I feel as I say that's had so it has so much talent behind it that like it's it's strange that it becomes off very standard um the the interaction between the characters are cool um but like I, I, there's um it's just almost like a, a plot and a villain and there's just uh, some um some stuff that's missing that like would excel it so much more um from just this sort of standard marvel film because that's that's the thing even like just on its own without um without a decent villain without just just sort of a villain that gets by it just becomes a good marvel film um which may be able to watch it on his own but still just doesn't quite excel to something like star wars or something
1: i don't know i just i don't just see it as a good marvel film i see it as a good film
0: i guess that's the that's the that's the very much the difference (laughs) um i think i would have wanted to note about the bad guys he's very much a uh, a foreign religious fundamentalist who hates western society very much just a standout cut out for post 9 11 films it's kind of just a sort of as it feels a bit um it's like oh, you, I could have written something a little bit more imaginable even if the villain ends up not being memorable as you said because it doesn't need to be if it doesn't need to be because of the interactions of the main characters but something that's just as simple as I'm a heavily religious fundamentalist and I want to destroy these uh, white people lives um, is kind of like uh, with like blowing them up Is kind of like ah, come on guys can we mm. can we try something can we try something like this
1: well like what do you want them to do then? Cause like your big fucking temple summer blockbuster movie, there's always a bad guy trying to blow up something. Like, well, what do you want? Him to, mm. What do you want him to do? What's give me your pitch.
0: It's not like necessarily that they stop blowing up stuff or anything, because obviously it is a blockbuster film. But like, there's surely got to be a, a bad guy that's more colourful, more invested, something more and Maybe, like, especially for a film that's trying to be so out of the ordinary, maybe something, uh, a bad guy who's a bit more manic with a bit more personality. Um, that's you... fair
1: enough, but, as, like, I do really, I really do think that, like, I mean, especially when you're dealing with the first film and you've already got five characters that you have to introduce. Mm. Like, it is really important to set them up. And then the second movie, you can have your crazy crazy villain because now we have five established characters who can go deal with the problem you don't need to get them all together and all this MacGuffin. and so i think like again i do i do really do feel that with this film a lot of stuff is just to kind of drive these characters to deal with and like that's where the main story is coming from and all the shooting and the bad guys with the hammers it's just it's just just stuff for them to deal with
0: <laughs> just stuff for them to yeah I, I guess I There is that sort of problem with like setting up for the sequel isn't I, there's, I but this film isn't as on the nose a lot it's the not as on one. the but nose like they have that.
1: that one kind of the whole thing with his dad
0: yeah but, but there's like,
1: no like big crazy open end or there's not like like it's not like a like Age of Ultron where you've got fucking strand like different things that are being introduced that It's like oh wait till the body next films mm-hmm. let me tell you
0: there is some of it and it does like um it does sort of um uh, it like it does sort of keep away from sequel but that's a high idea of like oh we can do this all better than the next one though we can do this all in the next one um which is like we can have the better villain in the next one now once they're established and it kind of like could we could we go by an individual film because like you're you're not you're when you go into the cinema when you're paying for a ticket you're not paying for the ticket so that the next one can be good you're paying because you want no, a, a immersive cinematic experience and I don't know why you can't have the characters set up uh, in a, a cool premise and have a bad guy for them to fight and make the whole thing. Um, interesting and uh, like really really engaging and i get them uh, perhaps i'm one of the only few people didn't find well, him it's like engaging.
1: granted okay the villains he's not the most crazy interesting villain but like, i think he does he does work as the big bad like he is intimidating he does some scary shit first time you see him he fucking smashes a guy's head in with a giant hammer like how much more setup do you need <laughs> than this guy doesn't fuck around like
0: well, he's he's just forgettable and it's a shame they're all macguffin with bad um with bad villains it's just a shame for this one, specifically because of like the, the brand and stuff of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is such a such a different brand from the rest of the superheroes and has James Gunn behind it, so we're talented. And for the characters, I find like, Chris Pratt's character is um, almost basically Captain Kirk from Star Trek. Right. Like Even his introduction involves uh, sleeping with uh, a multicolored alien lady but his
1: introduction also starts with him dancing whimsically around a cave which i feel like is something you would never see captain kirk do
0: no i get there are of the, um, some differences i guess but like there are there's quite a, there's quite a lot of similarities between him captain kirk i feel like um star lord as a character isn't really formed too well he's like he's I don't even feel like he's very consistent internally between like being a hero and a villain. Sometimes he's in it for the money. Sometimes he's trying to save a life. Um, but
1: then I think even when I like, I think he does stay true because when you get to something like even when he saves Gomorrah from suffocating and they get brought onto the ship, granted he's done this heroic thing. The first thing he tries to do is hit on her. Yeah, after he saved her, and I think that that's a really good example of them staying very true with the character that they created.
0: Okay, like yeah, um, putting back to that joke, yeah, it's a, um, it's a it's a strange character because I feel like um, Chris Pratt got such a personality. He does get a chance to put it, um, his personality into this film, but um, it's just like I don't know. I feel like character just the felt flat. And there's like um, Gamora who as well who feels like a very flat character, um, and she's very much the archetype of um a tough female who um needs uh someone to break her shell and show how vulnerable she is it's very much that same archetype but i don't Um, know
1: like again i I think they do a good job of establishing where she like i mean you don't think the villain's particularly interesting that's fair enough but you know that that's the environment she's came from and like i don't I, i don't know i don't think it's just at least, like, at least she's not. At least she's not just coming from like she's just a, a, a badass for the sake of being a badass.
0: They've all got backgrounds and stuff, which uh, aren't as explored as you'd think they would be. Um, Gamora has a background with her family dying. I'm, I'm not sure, like, it's explained through dying. Okay,
1: it's like, how long do you want this film to be? Like, fucking hell, man. Like, I get, like, I said, like, the v- Avengers that works because you have five movies before it to establish all these characters. Like, Guardians doesn't have that luxury. So like the film can only be so long,
0: like granted, but I think that some like stuff can be done because Drax had a family who were killed. Rocket has Rocket, his background. You feel you feel it. It was a moment where he's where he's drunk before they see mm-hmm. Collector, and like he um he taught he like he has this small speech, and you feel like the pain of his background. I don't think you ever feel that for Drax. I don't think you even quite feel it for Gamora. It's sort of um. It's just sort of um, vaguely a, um, like a sort of insert, or only a piece of dialogue goes, Oh, yeah, my family were killed, and I became, I, I was forced to become um, Thanos' daughter. Oh, my family are killed, and now I'm, I'm uh, just really, really angry. And it's only, it only seems to be through dialogue that that comes across, uh, like in a very basic way, in a very offhanded way. And it's a shame because it doesn't take long, uh, if, if you've watched that rocket scene, it doesn't take long for you to be just invested in what, which guys he, what he's doing is drunkenly saying that everyone's laughing at him. And he, like, it was, what was the line of something? It was really, like, it was really emotional line of, like, he didn't, he didn't want to be um, brought to I life. I didn't ask to get made. Yeah, I didn't get asked to made. I didn't get asked to be torn apart and put back together. And it did, like, it doesn't take much. It, that wasn't a long scene. But it really, like, it helps you connect with the character of Rocket. With Rocket and Groot being, I think, like, the more interesting characters of the five. As Drax, he's, um, almost, his anger is almost a joke. Which, like, isn't, isn't a bad way to go. But, like, it does make it that his character isn't something worth investing in. And that's maybe not... But they
1: do make it clear that Dra- Drax does come from sort of an emotionally inept... Species,
0: yeah, first. but like he's ever and so
1: showing that he does care. I think like puts real character behind him,
0: like in the sense that he's angry. Yeah, uh, like yeah, but like I don't, I don't know if you ever feel his anger. I don't feel if you ever feel like the the pain he felt about why he has that anger. And you could you could go in the joke sense like they did, and you could go in the serious sense. But I feel like it has kind of undermine the character. Um, a bit if you wanted uh, an emotional scene Uh, I feel
1: there's real kind of rage in his eyes when Ronan's like landing on the planet and he's standing there with his two knives just fucking ready to go and like screaming at him like I feel like that. There's real emotion behind that, and you feel really pumped for like, yeah, this guy fucking is just ready.
0: See, to I don't. I think this is where we differ. Well, that, so I think deeper. that's literally the, the, on,
1: the only. The the, re, the that's it. That's the, the issue with this argument. Basically, is that you and I just feel differently about the characters and stuff in the film, and it's like you don't think things work, and I like well, you don't. You don't feel for any of these people, and I do, and I think
0: that's just the... yeah. It's a, it's a strange because like I feel like we um, we generally agree on a lot of films um, to um, a, a, a good extent, and there's something about the emotional trigger. Maybe it's because to me, Drax is introduced as a joke character from the start, and um, when maybe when it gets to that point, it's just not. It I don't see that trigger. I don't I don't feel the anger. I don't feel like he's. I kind of annoyed because there's one character who's come along, who is just a more of a joke character. He's, but he's not. It's not like he's the
1: comic relief.
0: He's not the comic relief. Well, he, like he's not the comic relief, but he is a joke. They don't really do much of from him. Like the first in, intimidating scene, he's about to kill Gamora, and it's kind of the the um, why would I run my finger across his neck joke. And like um, like it, the joke's funny. I think that is a genuinely funny joke. Um, even though I think his character trait of taking things literally is a bit. Um, just a bit worn out um towards the end um but like maybe if it was more of an intimidating scene and uh, or you felt the pain of like his loss you would but you'd,
1: but, uh, intimate like you still f- even though he's kind of this even though he, he is a bit of net then there's that whole kind of jokey side to it that like that first scene he is intimidating like even though he doesn't quite understand mentally like the things people are saying like he could crush every single one of them like the click of his fingers.
0: Um, yeah, like, I, I just didn't feel that. I didn't see, I didn't see that sort of, I didn't sense. maybe that's because he's undermined by the joke. Uh, and it's very much comes across as a, um, like a stupid person straight away. Um, because that's kind of how the, almost the film plays it, is Chris Pratt being the the straight man throughout this whole thing. And it's Drax who doesn't understand him. And he's, uh, or he's the joke character, someone for Chris Pratt's character to, to um, to like roll his eyes um, against, and um, that way when it for that reason um, when it came to like the uh, him about to fight um, Rowan um, like I just Ronan. didn't Ronan sorry um, I didn't feel any anger I was like oh he's just he's brought um, um, the bad guy here to this place uh, and made, like made, kind of made a nuisance for the rest of the Guardians. I didn't do you feel, not feel like
1: real? Like, because all this guy wants to do, Drax, like, all Drax wants to do is kick this guy, like, kill this guy because he killed his family. And so when Ronan turns around to him and is like, I don't remember killing your family, do you not find that emotional? Like, the one goal this guy has is to get back at Ronan and for this guy to turn around and be like, I don't even fucking remember it. Like, that is like a blip on my radar. Like, that's Drax's whole, like, world at that point. And like this guy doesn't even give a fuck, and I think that's quite like emotionally impactful.
0: I don't, I don't. Maybe it's the way the film plays off for me, but I didn't see it that way. Uh, especially because later on, um, Ro- um, Ronan confesses he does remember it, and then later on, after that, he um, he f- Drax logically decides that it's Thanos that was behind it all, uh, and not just Ronan, which kind of feels a bit too logical for what's supposed to be. Um, relent uh, unrelenting anger. But do you
1: not think there is a bit of like, I mean, what like because his family and are dead, and he's in this environment. Like, what else does he have other than unrelenting anger? And so it kind of makes sense that Ronan's gone, and so it's like, well, what do you what do you go after next? Where you go after the next big bad in a kind of like memento sense? Where like, what is yeah. this guy got to live for after he kills his John G? Like.
0: Yeah, I can see that, but I don't feel that the film. I feel like that's more of a when you think it through, you could see how the character. You could see how the character would think like that, but I don't feel the film ever conveys it on its surface level. I don't feel like the the film ever, um, uh, ever just makes makes you feel like maybe maybe that would be the um the logical thing for him to do in his anger. He's like, actually, no, now Owen's dead. I can go after Thanos. But I mean,
1: everything he does in the film is to get to Ronan as well, like. Like even jo- like joining up with the Guardians and stuff, it's not because he's like he wants to go on a crazy romp or he wants anything to do with the da- like the the magic stone, like like everything he does is just driven by yeah everything every-
0: everything like on paper, is why he's doing that. But like in like in terms of actual watching the character, maybe as I say, maybe because he is like a, a joke character, he you don't feel his anger or anything. I like, uh, well, me personally, because I guess this is this is about the emotional trigger for um, differences between the way they've written the script. I don't feel the anger, um, which is a shame because I think it's something James Gunn can do. Because in Super, like the main character is a a joke character, but he has anger. I'm trying to remember the plot of Super now. It's quite a while since I that. Shut up, crime. But he has anger um, after Kevin Bacon supposedly steals his girlfriend. Not
1: Kevin Bacon's character. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon himself.
0: Um he like and you feel the anger like I feel like on the surface you feel the anger of the character, even if the character's a joke, because he's kind of saying stuff like shut up crime. He's um he's a joke character, but you still feel it. And I feel that's just not quite conveyed in Drax.
1: I mean I like it like I don't know, I feel like the only argument i have like because i've made my case but like the, again all this argument comes down to is i feel it and you don't yeah and i think most of the people who watch the movie feel well seem to feel the same way i did
0: if but, i like i know that's that almost feel like because I, I i do have emotional it do, that does seem
1: like a kind of shut up danny like excuse, but no no, is, no I, I know i know literally what you mean. do that there, there is just the case of like i connected to them And actually didn't.
0: talking to you now is really really fascinating thinking about it because like I do like I'd watch films because I like getting invo- emotionally invested in characters and I don't shy away from doing that and I can do it even on films that are more surface level films I it's something there's some anonymity of guardians of the galaxy that perhaps is maybe just the way it's written that I've um I just don't feel that I like I and I know that sounds strange and it sounds like dismissing it is like uh, it's less logic it's more visceral it's more um I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't feel it, therefore my opinion is valid, which sounds very, yeah, as I say, it sounds visceral, it sounds, it, you, it sounds very easy to dismiss, but it's something in the way it's written personally for me, just watching the film, where I just can't, I don't get the emotional trigger, and it's, it's, like, I can try and justify it by saying Gamora only really says her backstory in dialogue, she's like, she just deadpan says my, um, Uh, family were taken away from me and Thanos adopted me as a daughter and I go right I don't have I don't feel any emotion there like I don't know what to invest in you seem like you are coping with it even though you shouldn't be it's kind of a strange sort of hitting um you this sort of hitting a brick wall of like not sure how how to empathize with that character and it's strange that like I'm I've, it's it's something simple as small stuff like that for me that changes um, the way I empathize with characters. Even though, as you seem as you say, a mass audience empathizes it in a different way.
1: You're just a husk, Danny. You're a shell, <laughs> shell of a human being. I
0: I cry at movies, mate.
1: Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit.
0: Um, and it's but like I think it's there because I think as I say, rocket scene is really emotional. And Groot's death scene's really emotional. Yeah,
1: it's incredibly hard-hitting.
0: Yeah, they're both hard-hitting scenes. And maybe it's a testament to how different Groot and Rocket are as characters. Like, there are very... Not many characters like Groot and Rocket. Mm. They are very sort of distinguished in their way. And it's not just in design. It is very much in personality as well. Um, uh, Especially Groot's personality, which is almost like a Chewbacca personality. Mm. But, um, uh, like, it's very... um, there's something very different about them. And I find there's that something that's very, um, you can connect with them straight away. Whereas I feel like Drax, Gamora and Peter Quill are kind of more archetypes, which is kind of like like writing templates that are like have then branded. This, like, it's almost this idea of this is emotional because their family have died. And you're like, well, you can't, I've seen that a million times in a film. You can't just tell me that. You have to find me a new personal touch to connect with them. And um so like you can't just like, But again
1: I think it's important that with a, with Peter Quill's family diet, it's to give him a human like problem that we can connect to.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with it. And that's what it I that's what I liked about the first scene is it gives you a human quality to connect to. I just feel it kind of you kind of lost it kind of loses itself on Peter Quill as like the rest of the film goes on. Okay. And, yeah, like, it's very easy to say that this character is sad because their um, their family was killed. But, like, if you're going to do it in film, you I feel like there has to be some sort of new emotional connection that shows that. Some sort of original, uh, like, just something different, intimate. It doesn't even, I don't even feel like it has to be much. Like, Rocket, it's sim- as simple as a drunken speech, and like suddenly, but, but, but
1: why? I guess because of the way that her kind of monotone delivery. But I don't understand why that, why him just telling you that works so well, but we never see any of Rocket's backstory. Yeah, when Gamora does it, you're totally against. I it. think
0: it's in the dialogue. I think it's the way it's written. The way it's written is such a. It's very personal to Rocket.
1: But he's also a much more emotive character.
0: Yeah, but I've, um, not not specifically about his own personal issues. Um, this is getting quite psychological of these characters uh, for just what's what's supposed to be a summer blockbuster. But like, it's interesting the way like this is. A, I find this is an interesting, fascinating discussion on the uh, idea of um, the way it's written because Rocket uses um, like words very differently when he's describing it. He's saying, "I didn't ask to be created. I didn't um, ask to be um, torn apart and put back together." And it's very much that's that those words belong to Rocket. No one else is in the film is saying those words, if that makes sense. And I know that's because it's his personal circumstances, but that's the point. His personal circumstances are so personal to him that no one else would use those sentences. Whereas Gamora's is saying, my family um, were killed and then I was like, my family were killed and I was adopted by that, um, the killer. Like, you could almost easily fit that into another film, if that makes sense. Uh, so it's very personal to Rocket. And I feel like that's what makes it very, um, that's what makes the connection. It's like, it's just the the difference between those two. And it's not necessarily the deadpan voice that does it, but it just doesn't feel like, it almost feels like when Gamora's saying it, it's somebody writing about someone who um, has been through that situation. As when Rocket says it, it sounds like someone who has been through that. He's got his own words. He's thought about it. He's internalized it. This is how he describes what's happened to him. And it's extremely personal to him. Um, Even something as simple as just the arrangement of words of different words. I didn't ask to be created. I didn't ask to be torn apart. As Gamora's saying words that you could find in the standard phrase for um, tragic background character book, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, okay. I'll give you that. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, you, you are right. It's just...
0: Yeah, like I, I, and I get that it's it's a strange thing that something as simple as that would create an emotion emotional trigger on one person, but wouldn't in another. I think that's quite an interesting. This is quite or more, quite an inter, uh, interesting psychological study of how these characters come across, and it's some as I say, yeah, it'd be something as simple as the way the dialogue. And it's also, and it can also be how it's performed, and it probably helps that Rocket is drunk at the time, so he's a, he's a slightly more emotional and stuff like that. Mm. But I also think it is down to the way it's written, and Drax and Gamora, and even when Peter looks back, um, it's kind of, um, it's kind of just a bit too. The dialogue is a bit too standard, and it doesn't have to be because it's a colourful character. It needs to be something that's personal to them, and uh, that's why I think those free characters don't work. And even Eds, which is kind of must be seem undermining for me who Groot who only has free words mm-hmm. um even his character uh, his dialogue his the emotional part of his death is his line we are Groot mm-hmm. which is personal to him because it's been established that he can only say mm-hmm. three words and he changes them up for this one moment they choose this one moment to change that and that makes a personal connection even though Groot's death is entirely pointless it's kind of Annoyingly pointless.
1: Yeah, but you know what? They establish right from the off that they establish right from the get go that Groot can grow.
0: Yeah, but back, but that's established to the audience. But the audience really believe Groot's dead because all the characters believe he's dead. Rocket even says, "Don't do this; you'll yeah. you'll kill yourself." And Rocket cries, and that's quite and uh, that's like an emotional thing for this tough guy character to cry, and um you truly believe well like I mean even in the cinema it's kind of hard to believe that for a blockbuster like this because you're like well they want Group back for the sequel don't they
1: how do we know that baby Group is the same group how, like, well, how? What, what if what if it's like a Doctor Who thing what if when Group regenerates he's you know different guy man different personality
0: how do you know you don't die every time you go into REM sleep and you wake up a new person have the same I don't memories. Know. There you go. I have no idea. Think about it. I'm thinking. Sleep on it.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I might never wake up, Daddy.
0: <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Um, As a, you could argue that, but like, it feels like. But, feel, I
1: mean, I know that's not established in the film, around.
0: Right, yeah, but it's like it's just it just feels it feels really cheap. It feels like in in Batman versus Superman, Superman's death. You kind of like it's meaningless because we know he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. You either feel you either feel two ways. You either feel like group has to come back for the sequel because he's one of the characters that sells it or you feel cheated because you put a lot of emotional investment in this character die, and you're like this death they've chosen to kill this character and death as i know it from a cultural like from my culture and like biological stance means the end of a character's existence mm-hmm. and they take him back without even really yeah, a line without,
1: yeah without any kind of like a line
0: to go oh I didn't know Groot could grow back from nothing. And you're like, at least that, even though it just still felt cheap. I mean, that's one of the criticisms of Star Trek Into Darkness, is that Kirk comes back from the dead pretty much almost instantly Mm -hmm. after he dies. And it's a shame for these films to do this, but, um, because I know it's a fictional and you can bring it back, but I feel like if you want your film to have weight, you should make death death. Like, you should make it, like, Mm -hmm. a big thing. And it's weight. Otherwise... Why worry about any character whatsoever? Because you could just contrive a reason for Rocket to come back. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter because we can just plug in this electricity thing and he'll come back to life.
1: Yeah, it's fair enough. But I mean, maybe Gro- I mean again, it's that thing of Groot doesn't he doesn't? I mean, we don't know how old Groot's meant to be. Maybe it's taken generations for Groot to get that big, and maybe it'll take that long again. And maybe you know, like. Rocket will be and go and group like new group will still just be this tiny baby group because it takes forever. So for the whole Guardians Galaxy, because you can see in the promo material for Guardians the Guardians of the Galaxy two, group is still in the flower pot.
0: Really? Yeah. So it's just going to be a flower pot for the whole. I don't family. know. No idea. That would be that would be strange. It like would be maybe cool. this
1: group literal. Maybe this group literally. Granted, it will still be a tree that's like I am group. But maybe it is a different. He will be a different person, and so his death still kind of means something.
0: I I understand what you mean, but it is still this is kind of inventing some. No, I do to like I, no no film. no. I
1: do I do get you like because I do complain like I mean that that thing with Star Trek Into Darkness the that is like bottom of the list of reasons I don't like that film, <laughs> and with Superman as well. That's like low 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 down yeah. the list of reasons I don't like that film, and I do know that I'm just justifying it because I like this one, but. Yeah, I'm not. It's still. I mean, the first time I saw it, 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 it still me. I It's like,
0: still a weighty. Like, it's still a, a lot of weight to it. Oh yeah. But it's just a shame that you're betrayed by, like, as an audience member, by it just being worthless. It's mm-hmm. just like, ah, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's back. Don't worry about it. He'll be back for the sequel. Here's here's a toy we can sell you, mm-hmm. um, which uh, anyone who's got half a heart good. wants. Yeah, it. I have a
1: group
0: toy. A... <laughs> <laughs> um. I feel like that's most of what I want. It's... I saw you fucking jotting
1: stuff down with Yondu when he's got the bloody troll doll and the thing. In the orb at the end. Peter there is switch out.
0: There is um well that's the switcher is really obvious it's gonna happen, but like I don't I feel like the film plays that off. Like he's he's like the Chris Pratt puts the ball behind the back um back. Yeah, but
1: they don't draw attention to it. It's just kind of well, he just does, does it he does, in a white Yeah, shot,
0: he like. but he does ring down the ball from like the back of his leather jacket if you watch it and like it's kind of like it's kind of obvious but I don't feel like the film it, film plays it off as like oh he's gonna be mad when he realises uh more humour is um kind of mostly two kinds of jokes which are kind of repetitive which is a shame for a fi- um uh, a film that is actually genuinely funny most of the time the two jokes are um wow aren't we crazy and wow wasn't the 80s crazy um and it's kind of do you know do you know a person? I feel like I know plenty of them, who is most of their jokes about themselves is look how crazy I am. Look how sort of look mm. how unpredictable I am. It kind of feels like the film is that person in that sense. Where most of the characters spend a lot of time going, you're crazy, you're an idiot. And it's kinda of like, okay, oh, yeah, we don't have to remind each other all of the time, guys. Mm. Can we all calm down a little? And there's a lot of... Um...
1: But you know, I think the fun, the fun thing is that they are all kind of idiots in their own sense. And they're all calling one another idiots and none of them realise that they are the
0: the problem. Sometimes. I suppose there's a joke in that. But I feel like that that joke is something that goes on. Especially because it felt... Isn't that kind of what Firefly does? Hmm. Which I would imagine James Gunn takes a lot of this from Firefly because how could you have not watched Firefly if you were good friends with Nathan It Theory? is quite...
1: Infl- <laughs> yeah, it does seem... Influence, and I don't know if that's just because Firefly is so ingrained in our culture. is like that's the that's the crazy buddy space movie.
0: Like, is it ingrained in our culture? It's or kind no of just it's, hanging out. And hum- it's well, ingrained like ingrained in culture, culture yeah. it is geek culture. Very much is in culture. Geek culture. Um. So that's the kind of two kinds of joke in the eighties. Crazy, and I like the eighties jokes are quite. I'm I'm a big fan of the eighties, absolutely, especially for um films and stuff. Um But sometimes you can go okay, these jokes are wearing a bit thin there's a sign of there's kind of a uh, an 80s reference every like five minutes or something it? it's quite a few like um if you uh i mean i didn't note them all down but like if, if you were to count them there's quite a few 80s references and i get that that's from where he's from
1: well that's it it's that's all he knows yeah from er, like from her
0: um but as a joke it kind of like you know kind of like this is
1: I think wearing. they're so throwaway. They're so passive. Quite a few passes. When he passive. calls, when he calls the that. alien at the start, Ninja Turtle, and it's, but it's such just a quick. Um, th- I mean, f- you, protagonists make quips all the time in movies, and it's just that's just another. Yeah, one. like um, they are I think I something them, like the, the, the Footloose reference is kind of that's funny because he's selling it as this ancient folklore from when he came from, and it's just a Kevin Bacon. I like movie. a good fit, Footloose reference. Yeah. I
0: do. Uh, I do like a good Footloose reference um and yeah it's more of it's probably it's one of the minor things of the film but the those two jokes are kind of like okay we okay you don't have to use them all the time and for all the people who are like criticizing the dancing at the end of the problem i've never had a problem with that
1: i think yeah for for a movie that you're, you're saying is formulaic i think ending it on a note where a character tries to sway this what's been sold as like this big horrible villainous like guy by just trying to distract him by dancing, I think is something that.
0: Well, that's one of the like one of the times where it plays off the formula. Like I'm distracting the bad guy, and it's very self aware of it. And like to be honest, I, I if I was that if I um if I was Rowan, I would be distracted by yeah. this guy randomly dancing a so <laughs> Especially because you have all the power in the world, and it's not like anyone's going to stop you. Mm. Uh, he doesn't know that. Um, like for that being a big criticism of the film, I was like, ah, that's not that's not too bad. Um. I feel like um, if I was, uh, I'm not sure if there's any major point.
1: Major points with Daddy Jones.
0: Um, I feel like uh, if, I was, if I was coming down to the, the the main point, and it's less that the film is bad, uh, and more is disappointing. And I feel that there's reasons I think this because. Um, this is a property that's very, a bizarre property to adapt. Mm. It's very specific. Um, it's Guardians of the Galaxy was not known, like, for when it came out, and when it was released as a film they were gonna do. It was not known by even quite hardcore comic book fans. Because um, at least with Iron Man 4, Captain America, they were vaguely in the cultural conscious. I remember Iron Man being a playable character in Tony Hawk's Underground One. <laughs> Like uh, you, it's, va- it's vaguely there. We'd all kind of seen a picture of four somewhere. We'd we're all vaguely familiar with Captain mm. America, uh, and they went for Guardians of the Galaxy over what other films they could do. They could do. Um, they could have done the Black Widow film. They could have done um, like a, a female superhero. They could have done Captain Marvel earlier. Could have done the first Black superhero, of Black mm. Panther. I know they do in these films, but they could have done them earlier um and you're like okay they're doing guardians of the galaxy they wanted to take a risk it's like that's cool because marvel's it was getting a bit formulaic especially because like the guy the financial guy in charge i can't remember his name but it was quite infamous that he was restricting the whole creative process he didn't think um black to my understanding he didn't think black people and women would sell a movie on their own Mm -hmm. and like oh but they're gonna take a risk they're going to take a risk with a property that no one really heard of, which includes a talking, um, a sentient tree, and a, a talking, talking raccoon, and they're like that's part of the property. And you're going to set it in space, which is something, which is like something very different from everything else. I mean, I know there was aliens from space, but it's very quite different, I suppose. For, um, and you do, and you're going to get James Gunn, who is a very bizarre director. One of his selling points is bizarre, super. How bizarre is the film Super? Yeah. Um, super was always uh, what I wanted kick ass to be, even though I liked Kickass. I always wanted like um, kick ass to be like super. I like this idea that, oh, uh, Kickass is like, oh, wouldn't it be weird if superheroes were in the real world and then it has gun, yeah, gackling guns on jetpacks and you go, hang on, hang on, kick ass. This isn't the real world. Yeah. Um, but like, super is very much a like a, this, just this. Bizarre, mentally disturbed man who decides to become a superhero, and it's weird, and it's violent, and it's horrific, and it's endearing, and it's all of those at once. And you're like, this is such a strange film, and I love it so much. And Sliver um, uh, it's such a bizarre film as well. And that's the mental image of them being in the barn and that person just being blown up to like bloated to that stupid proportion. Uh, it's like that's such a memorable image. They got James Gunn, who's such a bizarre director. It's like that's exciting. And then you saw the trailers, and it was just um, the trailers are so good for this film, and it was like promising to be different. It was it was them taking a property and taking a risk on a property, taking a risk <clears throat> on a director, even the actor Chris Pratt was like the fat guy. Well, he wasn't really that fat. People yeah. say he was fat. He chubby. was he was chubby. Poorly <laughs> from um, Parks and Rec, a comedy show that if you like comedy shows, you've heard of. Yeah. Um, like they took all these risks. And it's such a shame that when you watch it, it comes down to what's a decent film, um, but just not anything spectacular. Not not even necessary it has to be spectacular. Nothing really different.
1: I don't know if you were just expecting way too much from it. Maybe, maybe I was. I maybe
0: that's a problem. Um, but I want, like, I was, I wanted it to be strange. I think that's maybe what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be. Um, it, was, it kind of felt like that's what it was going to be. It was kind of be something different. I don't want to be new star Wars and like um um in that sort of sense of that sort of original i don't I don't think it gets that far by miles. I don't think it ever becomes that sort of cultural um icon, but um that's what I thought it would be. I thought that that's where we were going I mean, in the end, the risks didn't seem to be that high. They got James Gunn, but he ended up being like the typical thing of getting an indie director no one's heard of and attaching him to this project Mm. because he's cheap. They got Chris Pratt, which you're like, oh, that's a risk. But then they made him um, buff as fuck. So he was basically an unknown actor um, who was good looking and um, handsome. And they're like, oh, but it's this property no one's ever heard of. Um, Marvel's a brand people have heard of. I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy... This is another thing I genuine belief. Guardians of the Galaxy would not have made money if it weren't for the Marvel brand. Yeah. Um, because, really, since The Matrix, how many high-fantasy um, original sci-fi series have made a name for themselves?
1: I mean, how many original films have made a name for themselves in the past, like,
0: 50 yeah, years? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a problem in general. But so sort of sp- specifically in high-fantasy, it's not something that sells at the moment mm-hmm. even now like the ones that were well, the high fantasy we've got is star trek and star wars which have been mm-hmm. brands but way before we were born mm-hmm. so it's like guys in the galaxy was really sold a lot on marvel um so like none of it was really a risk apart from maybe a sentinel tree and a talking raccoon but then this is from the series that had space vikings so yeah. it's yeah Maybe, perhaps you could say that I was expecting too much from it but that's kind of what I thought it would be I thought it'd be a James Gunn film he has said that the sequel is going to be bizarra bizarra a
1: lot of R's <laughs>
0: um, which is exciting because if that's like if we're going to go more in like a James Gunn film that would be really really cool mm. to see that sort of brand it would be cool to have that mixture of a Marvel film and a James Gunn uh, film but right for what it was, it was kind of like it was quite standard, and it was a shame for like what it was at that point in time could have been a risk that like would have made money at, like based on how good it was rather than based making money because it was Marvel and it was enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, like like I said, it, it just it, again it comes down to I connected with the characters and you didn't, and I I connect with their plight, and I think all of them are. Really wonderful, interesting characters, and I love watching them interact together. And um, I think a lot of the the sort of just from a technical standpoint, like things like Groot and Rocket blend into the environment so well that you ne- there's I feel like there's never a point where you just where you think they're a CG character, like they could just be there. And um, yeah, the film just really works for me, even just on a level where Peter Serafinowicz's character gets killed. And even though he's barely in the film, you, like, I, I felt something. I was like, and when Rocket screams out for him, I'm like, yeah, like, even though this character's been in it it's so short, I do feel connected to him. And I just think the writing of every character is so strong that it doesn't matter that it's formulaic, because it's just so much damn fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there you go.
1: So next week superman returns which danny enjoys and i'll sit here and rant for over an hour and danny can just sit and, and just take it
0: <laughs> fair enough
1: that's the sound of me like slapping you across the face
0: i know i felt it on my face i
1: hope you did i'm gonna edit in a lot of like just ding ding like round one um because i never came at you once bro
0: no i was close i was close i was close <sighs> was
1: we're civil people
0: (laughs) cool oh i (laughs) (laughs)
1: did the sign up is the most difficult part you know what it is It's that we don't have a sponsor or anything no every podcast has a sponsor and they can be like hey don't forget to buy
0: we don't even have anyone to thank who should we thank should we thank someone
1: (sighs) big ups to lusty
0: i could like Good oh, on Lusty.
1: Being in the flat, so like we had the living room we, we we, watching we, Guardians of the Galaxy in the middle of the day and the middle of the week.
0: Lasty, <laughs> will know if you listen to this podcast where if you respond to us, you'll something. burst
1: out of, the, of your bedroom and be like, "What? What are you bloody talking about me?" Good um, on Lasty. What else do we thank?
0: Uh, well, we do most of this ourselves. stuff <laughs> <laughs> we do literally all of it. Our Scott, ourselves. I thank you.
1: Thanks, man. I, yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, I think an hour and twelve minutes is bloody long, long, long enough, mate. Long. Thanks for listening everyone. yep Bye right. bye. Love, love. Bye everyone. Love you.